Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Good morning. Or afternoon. Depending on where you are in the world. Where we are is officially... Afternoon. Afternoon. Mm -hmm. We were shooting for 12 o'clock, but it's I... It's not too bad. I told Kay, I said, I'm not sending out an email that says noon. Exactly. It's going to say around noon. And here we are, around noon. Not too bad. I had to rush my bread. I was... My timing was off. And my bread was soupy, so I threw more flour and had to knead it more. And I was like, come on, bread. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> You've got 25 minutes to cook. <laughs> and we did it. Uh, good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We have some big news today to share. We have some fun stuff to share. We can see in the chat box. Mm. The big news is I'm shaving live on YouTube. <laughs> That'd be very uh, exhibitionist. That would Mike. work well with our uh, sponsors. We'll get to that later. But uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna shave live on YouTube. At least not this morning. The kids would probably shut down the live. I know stream. they wouldn't allow it. <laughs> First big news. Uh, maybe you can tell if you've watched the show before. We've changed the studio up a little bit. We have uh, moved things around because I wanted to have a permanent second seat for my permanent co-host. Who's my permanent co-host? Well, this is a big announcement for me too. This Who is, a, is? This is a big, uh, the first big news. Kay's gonna be joining me for pretty much most of our live streams now. The podcast is coming back. I know a lot of you have been uh, emailing me, leaving comments on the YouTube channel, saying we miss the podcast, where's the podcast, we love the podcast, and I haven't updated the podcast since, I think, October. Right before uh, deer season heated up? Yeah, for us this year it was deer season slash COVID season. Yeah, deer season turned into COVID season. That was a real big bummer. That put a yeah, damper on deer season and any extra kind of podcast and things I kinda you were doing. And I kind of lost my joy once I Your had COVID. Your joie de vivre was gone. COVID... Uh, <laughs> It ruined deer season. I wasn't able to get out and do any gun hunting for deer season. I didn't get a deer for the first time in, in 10 years. I didn't get a deer. My daughter did, uh, but I wasn't able to get one. And that makes it all worth it. Yeah, so that was it was a great season for that. But for the end of the season, because she'd already got her deer, it was kind of a bummer. We have, I think what we're going to start doing with the podcast now. So we're going to be recording the podcast once a week, every week. And it's going to be this, me and Kay sitting down. Did you tell them about the table? Uh, no. This is a... A, a round table. Our, we got this nice little table here for me and Kay to sit at. It's actually from her grandparents' house. Um, we weren't going to talk about this this morning, but... This afternoon. This afternoon. Uh, but Kay's grandparents passed away recently. And um, so, you know, you like 
go through either, you know, the anybody can anybody use this kind of stuff. And I thought, boy, it would be kind of special to sit at the table. We weren't going to do this this morning. I'm sorry, babe. I'm getting a little emotional here. Um, it'd be nice to include that, just kind of that family history as we sit and talk about our family farm where there's a lot of family history. So this is her grandparents' old table. And we're going to sit down, me and her, and share our stories and talk about our farm and not ruin our makeup. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Your makeup. My makeup. I don't want my makeup to run. So we redid the studio so that me and Kay could sit down, record the podcast together. Um, and our goal is to share some stories each morning from the, from the barn, live from the barn, right? What's happened in the barn. Uh, kind of update you on things that are going on in the barn and on the farm here. And then kind of dive into a topic or two, something a little bit deeper. We're going to answer some questions. So if you're here, we obviously cannot get to all the questions, but we're going to pick a couple questions and get to, maybe there'll be some emails we read, some messages that have been shared with us. So Yeah, we get really nice emails that if people don't, you know, feel comfortable posting them on YouTube as, as a comment, we get personal messages that would be nice to highlight some parts of them. So other people can be encouraged by them as much as we are by them. Yeah, so we're going to do this once a week. If you want to make sure you get the show every week, you can subscribe to the podcast. I have put links below to all of our, all the stuff we're gonna talk about today, I have links below too. So you'll be able to subscribe to the podcast, everything else that you hear us chatting about, you'll be able to find. Grace is asking where to find the podcast when it comes out again. If you click the link below, Grace, it'll take you to subscribe to the podcast, and it will be this. So this week's episode of the podcast will just be us, this this episode. You're already catching this one. I'm not sure if we're going to live stream everyone on YouTube yet. We're going to kind of gauge and see, first off, how you all enjoy this, if you actually like it, if the videos are popular, the live stream. Um, we will have, we have the live stream video studio set up, so we will be doing it at least uh, privately. Sometimes in the past we've had issues with trolls, and we're going to be watching that today. Um, if anybody, oh, looks like awesome. Mindful Homestead is with us already, Jack. I was going to say, if anybody wants to be a moderator, uh, if you're around for the whole episode, Jack, he's, a, he's already a mod. I see that. You read little, your mind. He showed up. So, uh, and by the way, if anybody else is a frequent flyer and you'd be interested in just, just keep an eye on the chat box, we're happy to make you a mod just to make sure nobody is in there doing anything mm, crazy. Yeah. We've had problems in the past Sometimes live streaming. Sometimes once the trolls are on to us, it's... Yeah, it's, no, they got nothing better to do. Yeah. I guess they don't own chickens or pigs or anything. Or ducks or anything to keep them busy. <laughs> so we're definitely going to be recording the podcast this way. And uh, whether or not we live stream every week on YouTube or once a month, we'll see. Kind of see how it all goes. But we're going to be doing the podcast, me and Kay, every week throughout this spring. Updating you on what's going on in the farm. Last year at this time we were doing a daily video. Yes. So, in retrospect, uh, I guess it's going to be easier this year doing this. <laughs> once a week is definitely easier than once a day. Because Austin had the idea to do a <laughs> daily show. Uh, when That was in maybe January you had thought about it. I, a daily show. Winter is a slow time on the homestead. And there are big ideas, big ideas. that come out of it. <laughs> I was like... And I, I think if I remember it correct, I kind of just mentioned it to you over and over in passing, like, <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to do a little, re I'm going to redo the studio a little bit, get ready for the daily show that I'm going to do. Now, after 13 years of marriage? Going on. 
going on 13, I have learned that he's like a little snowball rolling down a mountain. <laughs> she didn't say snowflake, snowball. <laughs> I can't stop him. I can't. So I don't even try anymore. You're going to redo the studio. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I want to do some more work in there, make more podcasts. That's great. Good. <laughs> I want to do a daily show. She was like... <laughs> I said, okay. Because sometimes these ideas just die, a peaceful death. <laughs> sometimes they, they like, really, he's really got this idea. And uh, this one he kept mentioning, bringing up. I'm going to do a daily show. Just and in passing. A daily show, yeah. A daily morning show, and he wanted me to do it. <laughs> Good morning, Farm America. <laughs> okay. And he kept talking. And then I, I, I knew he, this might actually be something he really pushes for. So I said, uh, just so you know, I know you. And if you, there's something you have to do <laughs> every day that you've committed to, a few weeks in, it'll just drive you crazy. Like you'll, you'll be done. I get do I it. get bored fast. I don't and like to do the same thing. And it's the added pressure of the commitment. I think that makes it even worse for you, because you yeah. do the same thing every day. Yeah, you're right. But as soon as you have to do the same thing every day, that's the one. Yeah, it's actually not because I I never get bored of putting on a show. I like putting on a show, and I like like something like this. I enjoy it. That's that's one of the big things is being committed to having to do. Because one of the reasons I I like made my own business was so I could be my own boss so that if I wanted to just go fishing tomorrow, I could just go fishing. And uh, yeah, if you have a daily commitment to doing a daily show, yeah. hard to squeeze the fishing. And So you were pushing, pushing for that mm -hmm. daily show, right? And I said, okay, okay, just so you know this about you, which is something I already know about you. But <laughs> as a wife, you have to like say it delicately enough and because if you if you like too strongly oppose it, that'll like you'll just dig your feet. I know. Yeah. I, I don't get. I can do it. I can do this. So you played it perfect. You were like, you know what, babe? I don't think it's a good idea for you, but if that's what you want to do, give it a shot, and I'll be there. I'll be your co-host. So I got the studio all prepared, all redone. We re we set up. We actually got a new camera so that we could have both of us on cam, so you could catch this charisma, and then. <laughs> K cam and OS cam, so we're ready to do this. And about a week ago, oh, it was Friday. Friday, because we knew today was going to be our Friday first passed. day of starting yeah. the new Friday show. Friday just happened. And I said, kind of again, nonchalantly <laughs> over coffee, just like, mm -hmm. so Monday's the start of our big show. Mm. Might not do every day. <laughs> <laughs> Might not do every day. Might not do every day. Might maybe do once a week like you suggested. <laughs> <laughs> Spring is busy. We got a lot going on. And I just realized there's no way we can do all the homestead stuff, do all the hobby stuff, do all the business stuff. Uh, some, I'm starting a big new um, like thing with Homesteady, a group of people I'll talk a little bit about later, a project. Just so many projects. Yeah, there's always a lot. So we figured, you know what? Once a week will be good. Everyone will enjoy a once a week podcast and I'll be able to get everything else done and I'll look forward to it every week instead of being like, I hate having to do something, the same thing every day. That, that thing that I said I wanted to do and <laughs> I committed myself to this thing and no one forced me to do it. I oh, hate doing it now. Why do I have to do that? <laughs> Speaking of busy spring then. Busy spring. Right? We have On a the very farm. busy spring. Uh, today we were out in the barn uh, 
right now we got a lot of exciting things going on in the barn. Oh, chicks, you've already seen a little bit. We got of, our meat birds for the year. Yeah, we got a hundred this year instead of the three hundred that we got last year. Yeah, this will be our one and only batch this year. We did a lot last year because that's all I was able to eat and our youngest was able to eat, so we were going through it very quickly. Then uh, about through probably the the third growing batch last year, we really expanded our diet to different meats and vegetables, some some other plants, which meant we weren't going through the chicken as fast, so we still are pretty good for chicken. We only have to do one batch this year, which will be nice because three batches was a lot. Oh my goodness, three batches was, I felt like I was John Siskovich. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> Doing, I wish. <laughs> I hope Johnny's out there watching this later, because certainly not in the middle of the day. He is out there working on the, He's farm, on the farm right there. Um, yeah, three batches, 100 birds in each batch, eight weeks and we didn't even stagger them very well where it was like overlap. It was like eight weeks, eight weeks, eight weeks. It was a it was little all, bit of overlap. Yeah, all spring and summer. And it was every single day, twice a day, doing the chicken tractors. And chicken tractors are a lot of manual labor. When they're when they are as when they're full to capacity, which all of ours were, there's water and feed every day, twice a day that you do have to manage, especially in the heat of summer. We, for years, back at our Connecticut homestead, we had, we didn't do chicken tractors. We just kind of let our chicks run around outside. And we never had so many meat chicks where that was a problem. You know, we had, we'd raise 10, 20, 30, uh, 50 even, and where we were, they could go right out of their little coop and yeah, hit the grass. Yeah, we would brood them in a coop we had out back, brood them in a coop. Because we tried in the basement, but so quickly they smell those yeah. meat birds. They grow so fast and are just eating and pooping all day long. <laughs> they smell really bad. So we put them out in that little coop. And then as they got older, instead of chicken tractoring, we would just open the door and let them go. And they wouldn't go super far. They would go, uh, you know, kind of right outside the door and just kind of plop down. And they weren't getting a whole lot of grass. They weren't getting a whole lot of... Uh, tasty bugs. They were just kind of like, Cornish crosses are not known to be very, you know, energetic birds. So they would just kind of walk out the door and flop down. So eventually we decided, you know, we want to do the, the, you know, pastured poultry, get them out on the grass. We were getting more and more birds and we wanted to kind of do the whole John Siskovich, move them around thing. And so we built the chicken tractors. At the time, we didn't have Siskovich tractors. We had our old kind of tractors. Mm. Uh, but that's when we started doing it. And it is really nice way to get a really great product, uh, delicious poultry. And when we wound up switching over to Siskovich-style tractors, not was it last year we did that? Yeah, that was our first year. You actually can leave them in the tractor. As long as you don't crowd them in there too much, you can leave them in the tractor and move them just once a day uh, in the evening and then once a day in the morning. That's what we were doing last year. Yeah. And so it does translate to quite a bit of work. Yeah, that's the one downside is you get a Especially great product. three tractors, three groups of them. And you can't store enough feed and water in the tractors. If you max them out, 30 birds per tractor. Plus our idea was, 30. our idea... Our idea was to keep them in the field and follow everybody. So yeah. it was a distance from 
the barn, which meant water had to be hauled, everything had to be hauled to them. Yeah, it was very, very labor-intensive. Labor so we have some changes. We'll talk about in an upcoming episode, some changes to our grass-fed armada, I called it last year, because it was yes. this fleet moving through the field. Uh, but yeah, the chicken tractors, we decided, you know what, they are a lot of labor. We're gonna back off on the amount we do. One big group of 100 will do it, less work for us. And we're already on to week three, three. now. Yeah, this week is week three. Week three is a big week for chicks. You, for at this birds. point, for meat birds, right, for Cornish crosses. Commercial don't meat do birds. this with your other uh, with your heritage egg. breeds. Yeah. Uh, Cornish crosses, by week three, you got the lights up so high, you're just kind of giving them a little bit extra warmth on those cooler mornings. And by the end of week three, you're really backing that temperature off completely. They almost don't even need you. One of the things you can pay attention to is when their feathers are growing, you want to see them getting fully feathered. You wouldn't want to pull the heat away from them before you're seeing all those feathers develop. Uh, but yeah, this is the week where your temperatures are dropping. You uh, First week, you needed 99 degrees. Uh, sorry, not 99, 90, maybe 90. You needed really warm yeah, room warm. that first week. Uh, but now, I mean, we're backed off. And, and it's warm outside, finally. We're yeah, getting really nice. nice spring days in the 60s and 70s this week. And today we had to add more feeders and more waters to Did the you? setup. We've uh, converted over to nipple waterers today. Or actually, no, earlier this week we did that. Um, we start them off in bell waterers because... So they know where it is, how yeah. to find it. We've tried in the past starting chicks with nipples, and they have a hard time. Everyone has a hard time learning, and we found you get a you'll get ones that die off if you go too quickly to just nipple waterers. So we start them in bell waterers, but then we start training them to the nipple waterers. And the nipple waterers are just so much cleaner. Yes, coop, and they so. don't go through them as quickly. So if we have a combination of everything, it works out really good. They It keeps everything much cleaner and drier, which is good for them too, to be dry. dry. Yeah, so we're, we're about a third of the way through the, which is shocking. Spring has just started this week. We're already a third of the way through our meat birds for the year. It'll be really nice. I always enjoy the first batch. I love a good big butcher day with a hundred birds to do. Uh, we get we get the kids out yeah, there. Yeah, that was the other thing last year were three butcher days. Yeah, that was a lot of work. Mm, yeah, so that's a whole weekend, three times. I mean, we would like a vacation <laughs> with our family this year. Yeah, COVID ruined our family vacation last year. We, I'm sure ruined a lot worse. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. So don't cry over the vacation. A lot of people out there, it's been a hey, lot there were worse a lot of, for. Yeah, but this year, hopefully, we can take the kids somewhere other than, like, the backyard. Yay, Yay. staycation. <laughs> now go clean the chicken coop. <laughs> in addition to chick news, kind of in the poultry genre, we got some cool guinea updates. We got guineas last year. We brought them back to the homestead. Yeah, we got some. I ordered eggs from Texas. And Florida, I believe. So we have lots of Florida and Texas people watching. Beautiful guineas. Yeah, really nice assortment. We got some white, really light-colored guineas. Like lavender, some The hawks buff. are going to love those. <laughs> yes, and now they've started laying eggs in the chicken coop. This is a big deal for us. We've 
never had a guinea lay eggs in the chicken. They're also, right, there's a lot with these guineas. They're going in at night, which is great for us because that will mean they'll survive longer. Also, they've started laying eggs in the chicken uh, boxes for us, the yeah. nesting boxes. We've never in 10 years of homesteading, and we've had guineas for on and off for years and years, we've never had them lay in the coop. I think it's because, thanks to you, uh, in the very beginning, I wanted to let them out at a very young age. Uh, right. I had them in the barn. I hatched them in the house, kept them in the house for a few days. Then we, we had them in the barn under some lights, and they're loud, right? That's, that's the thing with guineas, they're yeah. loud. And, and somebody has a YouTube channel. Every time he'd be in the, in the barn to make a recording, <laughs> I, you would see his face, just rage. Like so rage. angry at the guineas, because what else was loud in there? Something else would always make noise. He would be so angry. <laughs> <laughs> Not really that angry. Like, mad at the guineas. He'd be like, just let them out. So I did let them out. And by the... One hour later, they'll, oh, they're like miles away. And yeah. I see them over there. It's like, we have to go get the guineas again. They don't know how to get back They would have all died. birds. They dumb yeah. little birds. And I I was like, well, they're gone. There yeah. they go. <laughs> they're never coming back. But, but they follow me. Yeah. And I herded them back up here into the house. Not the house. Into the barn. I was following... Kay had a, a little feed, and she's going, yeah, teepee, teepee, teepees. <laughs> and I was in the car behind them, trying to, like, keep them moving forward. Herding them with the Suburban. Herding with the Suburban. And we got them all back into the barn, and then Kay said, we can't let them out So they for, just need to stay in there for a little longer. What was it, another month? Yes, sad. And I apologized in lots of YouTube videos. I shot a lot of videos from the hayloft during that period. The hayloft is so quiet. It's very peaceful. I almost set the studio up in the hayloft. It just would be a little colder. <laughs> yes. But, uh... I'm crowded sometimes. We dealt with it. I can hear the guineas right now. Of course. They're fantastic. Good good watchdogs. You always know when something new or somebody news around. Uh, they're, the real reason we get guineas, in case you're wondering, is ticks. Mm -hmm. We have a ton of ticks here. And the kids like to... I mean, we, we like to be outside all day. The kids like to play and run around. And they always... They were coming in with a lot of ticks. We were coming in with a lot of ticks. So we decided, you know what, guineas, there's nothing better when it comes to tick control than a flock of guineas. Because my mom had guineas here when we moved down. But in the, in the transition, I wasn't feeding them the same way she fed them. And they got tired of that and they left. We had a whole flock just they went moved to, to the aunt. neighbors. They, yeah, they were forget this. So we decided to bring them back last year. Um, and we're incubating some guinea eggs now. We just started. Yeah. Uh, the the some people were asking what incubator incubator we used last year. I used like a styrofoam one uh, with a turner in it. The mechanism it worked well. It just was really hard to get the humidity sorted out. And that one is a little bit more complicated. One we started with when we were just starting with chickens was a brinsia. Uh, I'll hold this up. I'm not sure how well you can see. Oh, that's not too bad. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, and there's a link below to our Instagram channel, at Home Study Show. So go and follow. Say hi. Uh, there's a picture I shared yesterday, uh, my my Schmoka Sunday. I, we were, I was out on the porch smoking some meat, some... What did we do with chicken? chicken. Oh, yeah, chicken. Farm fresh chicken yesterday. Meanwhile, Kay was on the inside of the house putting the guinea eggs in the little Brensi incubator. So yeah. that's This is one up. we've actually had for a really long time. Probably nine years we had that one. It was a gift from my mom. 
Brincia actually sent us a um, a chicken door last year, an automatic closing chicken door, right? Yeah. Which we've loved, and the incubator as well. And I can say that without being sponsored for the incubator, that it's been one of my favorite ones. Yeah, we that one. Because it's we... very hands off. The model we have, you just fill the little water um, probably once a week. It turns the eggs for you. It counts down. It's got a little digital thing. When we were farmers, <laughs> somebody was asking if we consider ourselves farmer homes. Oh, that's a good question. Maybe we'll make that. Back in the day, we were farmers, raising pigs and kind of working with more selling things. We we would let people borrow our incubator. Parents with kids who would want to see the eggs hatch. So we'd give them hatching eggs in the incubator, and they'd take it for a month until they'd hatch out their little eggs. And that was the one we would loan to people because it is very hands-off and we would get very good hatches out of it. Yeah, yeah, we always had good success there. So we've really enjoyed that. And the fun thing is kids get to watch. It's clear, the kids get to watch on hatch day. That one we're using is tiny, which is why I used the styrofoam one last year because it holds a lot more. Do you remember when we used to um, live stream Oh the yeah, hatch. the hatch. We would live stream the guinea, or the brincey chicken, hatch, chicken yeah. hatches. But I stopped doing it. Somebody asked recently, are you going to do a, a live stream hatch this year? I stopped doing it because so many people, these got to be like city folks, show up. And you know, if you've ever watched a clutch of eggs hatch before, it doesn't, it's not like fireworks. It's not like, pew, 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 ah, look at all these birds popping up. They just, little crack. What would people say? That it wasn't exciting? They'd be like, there's nothing happening here. This is boring. And that was the same year that that giraffe was being born oh, on live stream. Yeah. And everyone was saying the same thing about the giraffe. Nothing happening here. <laughs> well, it's birth. It's not like it's not like it happens on the movies. No, yeah. So, it, um, yeah. We, we don't live stream hatches anymore. Too many complaints. Are, There's nothing happening but here. But listen, I'll tell you why we actually don't do it. The Brincia has a, like a plastic cover on it. <laughs> Yeah, that's that, true. <laughs> that like, cat has a reflection. <laughs> so, like, Austin would be in the kitchen where the incubator was. Walking around in my boxes. And his box <laughs> and it, like, would reflect the image. So just, we don't live stream, like, anything in our house like that. It's too dangerous. You never know what a reflection will show. <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we have fun. How about cows? Ah, how about Cindy wants to know any more problems with the pig slash cow waterer? Oh, that's a that's a, as long as we're talking about automation here, right? We mentioned we we did that Brincia automatic door. Yeah, and I was thinking as we're coming into spring, talking about things that we will not miss about winter, because I do I love winter, especially in the beginning. We had great snowfalls in Western PA this year. Yeah, we actually had a good winter. But by February, when the auto water's frozen for the fifth time, and you can't thaw it because it's too cold, you can't take it apart, you start to be like, boy, I, I wish it was warmer. Yeah. Now, yeah. The, the issue we found out with the water was pigs. Even though it's a pig water, and this we actually talked to the company about, and they got back to us really quickly. I have to say, um, because that was a sponsored video, they did send us that product, and we, you know, we shared it on the channel because we got it for free, they sponsored it. Um, I was very impressed by their customer service. The owner got back to me 
on a weekend, mm-hmm. right? I, I texted him on like a he Saturday. He gave you his cell phone number and to like, send pictures hey, to. Send me, and he asked me, send me pictures of your setup. That way I can come up with some ideas. And right away I got him some pictures and he said, Before okay, Austin yeah. even gave him the pictures, oh, he, yeah. he sent out the piece that he said, I, I think this will help you. Because what happens with pigs is their nose gets so dirty and then they push it, the water down, whether they use their feet or their nose, a lot of that dirt falls into the water, into the bowl. And as it drains, then it sucks it into that, the, the water and it clogs it. Yeah. Then it doesn't drain, it freezes in the bowl. So it, it has filters internally, but they're just far enough down. You have to take it all apart yeah, to, to fix, fix it. it. So what we wound up getting from the company, and the company, it's Bar Bar A, Automatic Livestock Drinker, had zero problems until we brought until pigs, pigs in. And they actually started as horse drinkers. They were made for horses, and then they made different models for other kinds of livestock. Uh, they make this pig model, and they have a little insert. It's basically a screw, like a, yeah, that, a, bolt. a bolt that goes down into the hole, and he's drilled a couple little drainage holes so basically what you have to do now is instead of taking it apart to clear the filter, it acts like a filter at the top of the drinker. And you just each day kind of pull the thing back, clean it out, all the, the piggy muck. Yeah, it's mucky. Those and pigs. you put it back down. It worked great for the camels, cows. Oh my goodness. Not one sheep, problem. Everybody used it without a problem. And Kay, pigs. Kay said, like, we really enjoyed this this winter. It was a really nice winter. And it was because we had all this automation making our life a lot easier. We mm, had Farmer Brad like that. Yeah, Farmer Brad is all about the automation. We had him on the show just, just to talk automation. By the way, uh, check out Farmer Brad's channel and also check out the Mindful Homestead Jack who's helping us moderating and putting laughing emojis when we talk about me walking around in my boxers. <laughs> These are some of our uh, channels we've done, you know, collabs and stuff with in the past. Great stuff. Uh, and you'll really enjoy their videos. So Farmer Brad, Mindful Homestead's in the chat box. John Siskovich, always talk about Johnny. He's our buddies. Uh, so yeah, that answered Cindy's question, right? You're going, yep. And no more problems now with the pig water. No, it's great. Yeah, it just requires an extra step of maintenance each day to clean it out. Because pigs. Because if you're going to have pigs in the winter, the biggest problem with pigs in the winter, it's always been... That's why we've never done pigs in the winter, because of the water. Yeah. We would get them early spring, like March in Connecticut, and what they would do right away is dump out their water. Oh, man. <laughs> we had, and then it would, you know, freeze everywhere, so. Yeah, it was. So this is the first year we're actually trying to have pigs do some breeding with them. And the, the auto water made it much easier. Yeah, yeah. And cow news, Austin, cow news. All right, What's everyone's probably news? waiting on cow news. Yes, they are. Have we're we covered everything heckle. else? Have we chit-chatted enough? Have we drawn the, the suspense out? We do have some updates on who we think is still caring. Oh, and look at them, we little fuzzy faces. Also have some updates on who we think is <laughs> They're not. still so fuzzy. They They're are. starting to lose it. Luna's starting to get uh, lose Sleek. her winter coat. Yeah. People often will say, I don't know which is which. So just when you're looking at that beautiful shot of those three beautiful girls. Luna's in the back, grasshoppers in the middle, and honeybees in the front. So Honey honeybees got that big... Big bullseye. Yes, star on her forehead. And she's uh, she's the shortest of everybody. Grasshopper's tallest and darkest. Uh, grasshopper's the one I've always. Grasshopper I've always liked. was Austin's baby. He yeah, pulled her. I pulled her. And then Luna's in the back. She was our first calf born on our farm. 
So. Grasshopper is Luna's baby. We have been back and forth breeding AI. We got two bulls, bulls last year. We AI'd, problems. we AI'd, we stopped because, why did we stop? Oh, because we needed to bring up everyone's selenium. We had issues with selenium. We did testing and that's what they figured why uh, the two cows lost their calves or not, didn't hold on to their pregnancies. They weren't very far pregnant. So we AI'd Luna and Honeybee about five weeks ago. And we also ran a test, another pregnancy test on Grasshopper. Right, just to confirm that she was still bred. We had a positive test on her, a positive test, and another positive test. And she is still pregnant. So good news. Grasshopper will be the first calving. This year. And that's one of the reasons why we have scaled back this spring. Less chickens, uh, less new things than we did last year. We wanted to make sure we were ready for a good calving season. Yeah, because so. she's going to be fun. <laughs> she's a wild little thing. I don't know if Austin did something to her. <laughs> but she's wild. Just since she's been born, her and Honeybee have been so different. She's a wild thing. But she's she leads the best on Halter because she had to the most. Yeah. Because I, I had to work with her the most because she's Luna's baby. We milked Luna. So every day I had to drag her in the barn, drag, drag. I think it's actually made her better. Than she would When you be. bring her into the barn, her and Honeybee now. Honeybee is like a little... Diva. Dozer diva. She just like, I want to do this and bust things out of her way. Whereas Grasshopper now, you can lead a lot easier than Honeybee. Oh, yeah. Honeybee. She leads really well. Honeybee's a... I am excited to milk her because she is the tallest of the three cows. And when you're milking, it is nice to have a little bit more height on your cow. So you're not scrunched under, like having to be on your hands and knees milking under the cow. I'm hoping she has nice teats so we could try a little hand milking with her. And that'll be this summer. Cindy wanted to know who, which breeding took for Grasshopper. Grasshopper, we were pretty like 99% sure, right, who it was? Yes, because I did pull blood on her after that little Scottish Highland bull was here, and she was a negative. Uh, so we think she took to the, the Jersey bull that little we had her. Chancho? Yes, Concho. Concho. Conchos. <laughs> Chancho. <laughs> Thinking of Nacho Libre. <laughs> the kids are laughing. <laughs> Chancho, when you are a man, you wear stretchy pants in your room. See, Inigo Montoyo, it's really a Nacho Libre mustache. <laughs> That's who we think she, uh, who bred her. So he is a mini bull. It'll be interesting to see what her little calf looks like. Because genetically, breeding these little cows, kind of like you can always have a throwback to a taller uh, a sire or dam in their genealogy. Obviously, Grasshopper threw back to a taller one, but she still got that percentage of the mini in her, bred to a mini. We'll see what we get. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, it is exciting. That's uh, late summer. Yes. Late this, summer calving. This will be our first calf ever in summer. We've only had fall calvings until now. Yeah. And I'm excited because then I'm not so worried about temperature, being cold. I'm a little hesitant though because I'm worried about the flies. So we'll see. We do some fly management around here. Hopefully it works. We've done a lot of videos on that fly management in the past, the different strategies and things we've tried and 
Ultimately, there are, there's literally flies there's in the flies. studio right now. We've, we oh hung my, fly yes. tape before we got started. We did today. that to give it a real authentic feel. We're live from the barn. There's not a <laughs> barn without buzzing. fly, fly yeah. tape. <laughs> I tried to kill as many as I could. <laughs> All right, next. Next, we... Uh, somebody saying sounds like milking honeybee will like be like goat milking. Yes. That's the thing about the mini jerseys. You get them small, small, small. Milking is a challenge. People will kind of get them on blocks on the milk stand to pick them up a little more. Honeybee, I'm afraid my milkers won't even fit under her. Yeah, and it is, I mean, we've had Nubians with bigger teats than Luna has. There's definitely some pros and cons to them. And the next big news is you will most likely be milking Honeybee. Yes. Uh, I haven't pulled blood on either one of them. I haven't done a blood pregnancy test or a milk test on Luna. I'm giving it some time. I'm going to go past the, they had a heat or were coming into heat about two weeks ago. Honeybee, I didn't see any bleed off or any signs of heat. So positive thinking would be she uh, was bred we've with the AI. We've addressed the problem that our vet told us is most the likely the cause of them throwing the calves. Uh, the lack of, the low selenium numbers we address that and after the breeding no signs that it didn't take no signs of heat no signs of uh, bleed off so oh, if she hangs on to this one that'll be a deer season cat oh man of course always we tried so hard to get rid of the fall <laughs> but here we are and luna i think she did have a bleed off so i don't think she took yeah so that's the the bummer news from this now now for luna Next, I'll bring a bull on here and breed her. Oh. Still have the option of the Scottish Highland if we want. Austin's, mm. yeah, says up in the air about that one. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the cross idea myself. You'd like, you'd like a mini. If she wanted to do a Scottish Highland, then let's get a Scottish Highland. Not opposed to that. They make a beautiful thumbnail. They're beautiful <laughs> cows. Yeah. Um, but me personally, I'm not as a big fan of the cross idea. Now, I am watching Luna and Honeybee again next week to see if they come into heat or anybody has a bleed off. Um, then I'll be pulling blood and seeing, confirming. So We're not going to try to breed Luna within the next few months, though, because I don't want to be calving in the middle of winter. So instead of having three boom, boom, boom yeah. flood. Yeah, we definitely, they're much more spaced out. Yeah, they'll be a nice... It's, it's okay for us. Especially because you have two brand new... Yes. And I'm going to let you do it for us. Oh, try. no. <laughs> she your that. favorite? Go for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I milked a camel. I can milk a... Oh. Sandy likes that Scottish Highland. I did, too. He was a very nice-tempered bull. We we enjoyed having him. Oh, just in his, yeah. Just in his little face. <laughs> yeah, I really liked it. I actually just would rather have a full Scottish Highland. I We've talked a lot about, like, over time, how long do we want to do dairy versus... I personally have said many times on the channel, the milking's not my thing. I don't We've like the dairy. We've talked about commitment. Your issues with <laughs> Having commitment. to do something every single day. Not great for a dairy. No. If you're not into that, dairy's probably not for you. Um, but I have grown to love having cows. I think cows are one of the most... The, the dairy cows, which have a lot of hands-on experience, they're very personable. The ones we have are very friendly. And because we do the smaller ones, we don't worry about them, you know, around us, the family. Uh, they're just a very easy animal to work with. Yeah, and they're very easy to care for. Yeah. 
So I have really grown to like the fact that I can move them through the field with one step in post, one oh, single yes. strand Fencing of electric. Fantastic. So nice. So that's our, our friend who brought that little Highland bull. That's what he does with his whole, I think it's a flock if they're Highland cattle. I think it's they called come a, a flock. flock. Oh. Yeah. With just, uh, I think a single line and step in posts. Yeah. And they respect it. So nice. So different than the sheep. Yeah. Oh, or the man. pigs. Yeah, no, the sheep and the pigs. At least the pigs will follow you. The sheep just jump, they'll jump through a four strand and yeah, be gone forever. Yeah, they weren't bottle fed or anything, our lambs, and they were. No, they were not maniacs. super friendly lambs. So. Those, oh, that's... High Tech Homestead's got a mini Jersey calving in July. That's Ooh, very exciting. Nice. Is it her first time calving? Or is this a second time freshener? It's exciting. So I that, remember when Ladybug was having Luna. It was awesome. Yeah, that was one of, uh, yeah, that's one of the biggest, we've talked about this before, it's one of my favorite memories of all our homestead life, sitting outside that beautiful, November. it was a November day, it was a warmer November day, mm -hmm. and Ladybug was uh, ace, yeah, she perfect, was great. perfect calving. We, I was super scared, because you heard stories about when you know uh, a cow calves, she gets that surge of, of mother hormones. hormones, and if you're near her, she'll charge you and smash you into pieces. It's always something to be cautious of. You do want to respect the cow, respect the cow. But Ladybug was great. I was afraid. Of, that was back when she was you pretty new, and I was ladybug. totally afraid of Ladybug. And uh, but it and was so nice. And now you like aren't afraid of even the camels. You're no Ladybug. She that's one way she changed our she changed our farm. She changed our. Life, our homestead. Ladybug was a huge part of this. And we actually have a really nice, pretty soon we're going to be sharing with you, we have a beautiful uh, Ladybug homesteady shirt coming out soon. So I wish it was ready. I can share a sneak peek of it. I think it's, uh, yeah, I'll share a little sneaky, sneaky peek of it because no, we weren't planning on talking about Ladybug today. All right, bye, Jack. Jack's, Jack's out of here. Thanks for joining us, Jack. Check out the Mindful Homestead. And we did have somebody else who was... Uh, yes, Cindy Brown. Oh, beauty. Yeah, we can make Cindy a mod. Cindy's still up for being a mod. But I do want to find that uh, that beautiful ladybug photo. Where did that go? All right, so I'll find that. We'll share that later. That's the big news. We do uh, want to answer a few questions before we go sign off today. Um, but before we get to questions... Tell everyone again, just for people who came in a little later, what is the big news? Because there were some people who came oh, in later. Oh, okay. If you've just joined us, the big news, a couple big news is podcast is back. This is episode one of the podcast, and you'll be enjoying it every single week, the podcast. So sign up to the podcast link below. We will be live streaming some of them. Don't know if we'll be live streaming all of them here on YouTube, um, but definitely subscribe to the podcast. And This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. 
Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Keep your eyes peeled. And if you just want to know everything that's happening, I'll warn you through our email list. There's a link below for our email list. So go ahead and hit that email list. Sign up for the email list. Join. That way you know if we're live streaming, if it's a podcast, if it's a vlog, if we have a new course, if we have a new Ladybug t-shirt, whatever news is happening, email list is where to go. So check out that link. And as long as I'm talking about links and clicking stuff, let me tell you about the sponsor for today. Uh, this episode's sponsor Google's is... Google wants to know about camels. That's a great topic for us to talk about next week. Camels. That would be a great update. And we are going to answer questions right after this. We have a couple questions we want to get to, so don't go nowhere. Um, our sponsor for this episode, Cheeky Maiden Soap. Cheeky Maiden Soap. The reason I brought some of their deodorant in today is, for one, I did the barn today. <laughs> Do I smell? I mean... <laughs> this is... No, no you don't. There you go. I don't smell. And yet, it has no aluminum in it. Here's what's inside. Ready? Stuff inside Cheeky Maiden soap. Coconut oil. Beeswax. Arrowroot powder. Geranium essential oil. Lime essential oil. That's what's in this particular one. Not uh, not my go-to scent. There's a couple others. Uh, Cheeky Maiden sent us some shaving soap. Some deodorant. Some... Lip balms, chunky soap, hand soap, teeth soap, bar soap, teeth soap. Have you yeah. ever heard of teeth soap? You said laundry soap, right? Comment in the chat box. I have never heard of teeth soap. It's not toothpaste. No, it's like a little bar of soap, and you rub your toothbrush on it. And all their ingredients, you can read everything. You know what everything is. Everything smells good. We've liked the scents. Haven't reacted to anything. Yeah. And they work. My two big things with all natural deodorants. Do they actually work? Because I, I can power through a lot of those. <laughs> and then <laughs> the kids are laughing. Because they know it's true. They know it's true. I can power through a lot of those. And then do they? if they actually work, do they make me burn? Ah. And Cheeky Maiden passed both tests. I do not smell. I mean, some days. If I'm in the middle of the pig pen, uh, like, there's helps. nothing you can do. But usually I'm not smelling and usually or definitely no burning. So. And Cindy put up the code there that uh, if you're watching this, there's a code that you can put in. H-M-S-T-D-Y, 25% off. 25% off your entire first order. And you'll find that in the chat box. You'll also find that in the description. And i got to make Cindy a mod. So Do it. Hi, River Rock. We're Cindy Brown, good. Right? Where are you guys at? Yes, Cindy. S-Y-N-D-Y. Cindy is a mod. Thank you, Cindy. Monique's heard of Tooth Soap. It's... Interesting. Because it's foamy. Did you try it yet? I actually didn't try the tooth soap yet. I was mm. scared. <laughs> Not scared of, I mean, there's nothing bad in it. I just was like, how do you use tooth soap? I'll have to try it. That could it. be the next live commercial. I'll, I'll try tooth soap. The deodorant passed with flying colors. Also, the shaving soap. The hand soap. Great. It was great. So, thank you, Cheeky Maiden, for sponsoring this episode. The kids haven't tried the teeth soap either. So maybe that that will be our challenge this week. I've tried it. 
So I guess the rest of the family has to try it. Yeah, and then we'll come back and tell you what we thought of Tooth Soap. Check out Cheeky Maiden, awesome stuff. The other uh, other way we do this show, the other sponsors are the Homesteady Pioneers. So if you love what we do, we have a huge library of in-depth interviews and episodes for Pioneers Only. And now we're doing once a month a Homesteady Pioneer Roundtable event where the Pioneers actually join for a Zoom call. We get together, we pick a subject, and we talk about it. We talked about plans for the spring. We heard it from pioneers all over the world what they had planned. Really, really exciting. Uh, so if you'd like to join us for that live Zoom once a month, the Poem Study Pioneers Roundtable, click the link below, become a pioneer, and you can join us for that. Time to answer some questions. Okay. In the future, if you would like us to read a question, read a story, uh, any of that stuff, there's a contact form on the website, or you can just email me, austatthisishomesteady.com. Let me know in your message, I want you to read this on the air. Doesn't guarantee you'll actually be the one we pick to read for the show, uh, but let me know you're okay with you with us reading it on the air. If you leave a question in the YouTube chat box, we know you're okay with it. But if you email us and you, you're okay with us sharing it on the show, let us know, especially if you include like pictures. Uh, I got a couple different really just such nice letters that I would have loved to have read today, but I haven't got the thumbs up to share pictures or their stories. So in the future, just know if you send me an email and you'd like it shared. We're, we're looking forward to each week sharing some, some emails, some questions, discussing what's going on in other homesteads, and uh, just sharing that with the community. So just remember that. Uh, Tom actually made a point if we want to go on to questions or yeah, comments. Yeah, we're ready. Let's Tom go Wilson said maybe your cows need a mineral sled. Wouldn't be a bad idea if if that was something we would want to do this year. We've been feeding a loose mineral and haven't had an issue until we switched our minerals and didn't realize the one we switched to didn't have selenium in it. Yeah. Because the selenium needs are so different across the country and it was a custom milling company who did it for us. We didn't specify we wanted selenium in it. So we didn't know but they weren't getting any selenium. Very interesting, and this is where every year of homesteading, no matter how long you've been doing it, I find you just constantly are learning something new. We, for years, we've been doing this mineral and just everything been going fine. We switched, like I said, and the reason why our new mineral didn't have it is be, not only in different areas of the country are there different levels of selenium and maybe they don't need it, they can actually die yeah. of a selenium overdose. So whereas some general mixes might have low numbers, this custom mix we had, which we were happy, we are happy with it, uh, we needed to let them know, hey, we're in an area in the country where we're low on selenium. So just something to remember for you if you're ever getting involved in cattle and minerals. Oh yeah, cattle, goats, sheep, I mean, we're talking even pigs. We, if you're doing a grazing pig, you really need to be conscious of their minerals and find out what your area, where the deficiencies are. Yeah. Before you, because that, we firsthand experience that can affect your breeding. If ever anyone's breeding back, if they're losing calves, can all be mineral deficiency. Because we're giving them, they're eating grass that's growing in soil that doesn't have selenium. We're feeding them hay, local hay, that's being grown where there's no selenium. So they really had, had a deficit. We gave them an injectable, long-lasting uh, selenium, and now we're doing good. Our camel actually came to us with a def selenium deficiency as well. So it's, it's, uh, it's so much more, 
involved making your own feed and minerals it's really good to consult with experts before you decide like oh I'm gonna design my own feed and it's not what we did but it's a good thing to remember that that it really animal nutrition is a very complex subject we um, if you want to get a question answered here in the chat box make sure to put the at sign and then home study that way it jumps out so I can see because we got a ton of comments but I got a good one here high tech homestead like oh I was wondering one. if you were gonna go there this is fun yes. but before you do let me just finish my make sure to tag us at homesteady in the chat and we have 243 watching almost to 200 likes guys thumbs up hit that thumbs up it helps helps this channel smash grow that like button. this time you can smash it if you want high tech homestead I was wondering if you would do this which one. mini jersey registry do you prefer and why AMJA MJHB PMJS etc if, if for those of you who are not familiar with mini jersey registries careful what you say oh boy this video might get flagged <laughs> What is a, uh, you know, for those who don't know, what's a registry? Gonna, a registry is where your purebred animals, so animals that all have the same characteristics, you're, you're breeding, you know, with, with dogs, cats. For cows, there's the American Jersey, AJC, AJCA, um, where Ladybug was registered. So she was a registered Jersey. That meant these are going to be her characteristics. We know what to expect with her. The mini Jersey breed is new since the 80s people have been developing this there have been registries that have popped up uh, to cater to people who are saying now I, I want to know what to expect in my miniature jersey I don't want it to be a half half Hereford and half Jersey that just looks like a Jersey I actually want to see the ancestry and know that okay that was a classified as a mini Jersey so there are these different registries and there is a lot of um, conflict. There's some, there's some things that go around out there, and I'm sure this is like this in other aspects of purebred animal breeding. We, I, I believe when we first started, Ladybug, like I said, was registered as a standard jersey with AJCA. She was also registered with the miniature, uh, not, none of those. It's the one for Miniature Cattle Association. I forget what the, the words are for that one. Going forward, because I like what Lorinda from the PMJS is doing, Purebred Mini Jersey Society is doing, with the genotyping, uh, finding out the genomics of your cow, so how much percentage is it. It's a very complicated subject for Mini Jersey people, but this is just personally what we're doing because I'd like to know what to expect with my cows. I'd like to know if the bull I'm breeding them to, if they're going to be throwing small small calves, which for my cows, if they're small, I'd like them to be throwing small calves. I'd like to know what I can improve on my cows, straighter backs, better feet. I, I like that with genomics, you can kind of have an idea of what your calves and cows, what traits are going to be showing. So that's why we're registered or registering with the PMJS. Yeah, and that's one of those areas where, again, we're joking. If you're in the world, you know there's people that will get over fights on forums over this. What are your goals, right? Why are you deciding to do what you're deciding to do? Is your goal to have the smallest little cow that you can go out and milk? And that's where our mini Jersey bull came from. He, 
the uh, the guy who who brought him, the owner, he's a big guy. He's probably six five, six six. Oh yeah. He's huge, and he just loves little cows. Yeah. He just wants to breed the littlest cow he can. And he was doesn't even milk them. So just excited. Wants a little cow. When he saw our girls, he's like, "Oh man, wait till our bull. Oh, they're gonna make little ones. They're this big. You see them at my place. I got a cow. It's this." He just loves little cows. He's yeah. Really cute. So if that's your if that's your goal, your priority versus uh, Kay just actually wants to keep it pure as much as possible Jersey and doing the genetic test, you can find out how much of what's in there. And yeah, it's allowed. And, and we would love to, love to someday have the, some of the registry people on here to talk more about it. Yeah. And we have to say we've, we've been in communication with Lorinda who runs the the PMJS, registry that we yeah. like, and we she's think she's been a great. very good contact. Yeah. yeah, very helpful. So maybe we'll add that link. Do you know her website? Not off the top of my head, no. If they search PMJS, I can find jerseys. it pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so we'll add if we remember that we can add a link to Lorinda and what she's doing at the. Because there are benefits to these little cows. Um, I was talking with somebody on our video about. With a purebred, you have predictability. You know what you're going to get. Um, with these little mini cows, they're so new, there's still some unpredict unpredictability. It's harder to predict, like Grasshopper was. Um, and I was going somewhere with that thought. But my little cows, I fed on one bale of hay oh, wow. the entire winter without them losing condition. They kept in very nice condition. They didn't get too skinny on one bale of hay. Yeah, it was incredible. So there are definite advantages to the smaller cows. Now somebody's asking how many could they cram into a, hold on, <laughs> question. Sardine those little cows. Uh, they have a, a lot, and it's more of a, I think I read more of a wood lot. I can't. Okay, uh, yeah. three acres for small cows. How many can I cram in there? About half wooded. These questions are hard to answer because we don't know what your growing season's like. Um, if you're in New Zealand, throw a lot of them on there you got a long growing season if you're in Arizona a lot less so talk to your extension agent they they still they're still a cow so they're still going to need the grass it's different than you know having some chickens or ducks out there but yeah find out your extension agent and and ask them what they recommend for a cow and then maybe just take a little bit off of that our girls, how much do we have up there for them? And they go through it, especially in slower, or be prepared to hay feed. Yeah, that was the thing I was going to add is you can have a, on three acres, if you, you want to put a bunch of them on there, you can do it. You just have to bring them the feed you don't provide. And usually when people are asking that question, I think what they're looking to do is try to keep them on the land take advantage of as much land as they are without having to supplement their diet. So you can bring hay and you can, you know, bring round bales of hay and you can feed them hay all year. And these little mini jerseys don't go through a whole lot of hay. It's really nice. And people will say like, they're fat. They're, they're, they say they, they stay fat on air. Yeah. <laughs> they don't need a lot of input there. It's been one bale of hay for all of them. Yeah. So it's, uh, you can definitely have, but you got to be ready. And some places hay is cheaper or more expensive than others. Feather and Downs from New, New Zealand, <laughs> and they're leaving, so thanks for joining. Yeah. And enjoy that nice weather down there. And thank you all for joining for this 
first podcast of the season. I know. That's somebody said you're gonna turn the CAFO road. That's the only thing. Put yeah. a pile of them on three <laughs> acres, you're gonna be in a mud. You're gonna mud look land. like a CAFO. Yeah, no, there's a balance. Um yeah. Thank you all for joining us f- for this. This is really, really been an awesome first podcast back. Can I answer another question? Oh, it's Feather and Dawn. When when to breed your min- your jersey? I do at a year. They're a year and a half. I mean, you're in New Zealand. They're probably in nice shape. Get that nice New Zealand jersey. That's if you're not going mini, but you want a jersey, oh, find that yeah. New Zealand jersey. That's what Ladybug was. She was New Zealand genetics, yeah, right? Yeah, she was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. She did. She did great. You're going through. You want to do? You want to well, these burn are up questions those questions? I can hey, I don't want to rush you. That's all right. You want to talk about preventing milk fever when we have our new calves? Yeah, that was a good question. Mm-hmm. We there there's lots and lots, and I think people realize we got Kay here. We can get the cow questions answered. When I do the live stream without Kay, I don't answer any cow questions unless it's like, how tall do is grasshopper? Like what color is Luna? Yes, Cindy, it's PMJS, Purebed Mini Jersey Society. Lorinda is the uh, the founder's name. And she's very willing to answer any questions that you have. She's also big into disease testing, which we can always get behind that. Yeah, we are. That's something. Not, we acknowledge there are diseases out there. And it's never possible to keep yourself completely disease-free. As we learned, yeah. We're surrounded by it. I would love to do, and, and maybe we'll plan this this spring. We'll take a day and we'll talk about our new, kind of what we've learned from our experience with Ladybug and our new, like, going forward, how we're managing. If we buy livestock, what we're doing, that'd be a cool topic to cover. Yeah, but not today. Not, that'd be a whole episode. Hmm. Any more yes, questions you, you want to cover? Thank you, Cindy. Oh, beautiful. So now we got uh, the registry that is Kay's go-to. It's in the, the chat box here. You can click on the link. So the round table worked. You liked it? I did like it. Yep. This is, uh, I, 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 we always joke because I can podcast all by myself in the woods. I can do a podcast. I never shut up. And <laughs> Soliloquy. Kay will tell me at times, that's why you started a podcast. <laughs> but I have so much more fun when you're here. And I think the audience does too. Since the early days of doing the podcast audio only, when you would come on, we'd get a lot of good feedback. Oh, I love when Kay comes on the show. And uh, so thanks for joining me for this. Like Austin was saying, uh, both my grandparents. You can tell the story if you want. Yeah. <laughs> they both passed away this year, um, a month apart. How many years have they been married? Uh, 60, Over 60. 65 years. Yeah. And, you know, 10 years, more than 10 years being house, housebound, uh, her, her grand, grandfather was. And they, uh, I, my grandma went blind and they were housebound, but they love to watch our show. Yeah. That was their, um, they were housebound. They couldn't get out. They couldn't see the kids, the grand, great-grandkids. We had a whole mess of their great-grandkids. They had other ones, too. Uh, but we would go and visit them, and they would talk about, oh, her grandma would hear the episodes. Her grandpa would watch them, and they'd know what was going on in the farm. So it was a little way for them to get out and, you know, see what was going on. And then with COVID, uh, we weren't able to see them as much because, you know, trying to keep the people who were more susceptible to COVID 
um, you know, safe from people like us who wound up getting COVID. Uh, so it's been a while since we got to see them. And uh, yeah, so they wound up within a month of each other. They didn't get COVID. It wasn't COVID related. They just, both of them got to that point where the body started shutting down. And within a month, her first her, her grandpa and then her grandma passed away. And uh, and now we have their table and chairs. We're sitting and, in their chairs. And her bread pans. Um, and I think like how much they would enjoy seeing and hearing us. Yeah. So thanks for joining us today. We'll, we'll, we'll see you next week.